Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like, do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song? This is Blind Date with a Book. Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book meet cute. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Mans McKenney, and I'm an author and book reviewer from the Midwest. I'm Elena Nicolau, and I'm a senior entertainment editor at Today.com. I'm Kristen Evans, a critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we're setting up John Paul Garnett. J.P. Garnett is a multidisciplinary artist. He's the co-founder of Queer Night and serves as a communications director for BFF Omaha, both now long-running queer institutions in Nebraska. When not building community through arts engagement, he taught English a second language at a high school. J.P. recently read and loved A History of My Brief Body by Billy Ray Belcourt and Go Home, Ricky by Gene Kwok, but sometimes struggles with reading fiction since he often reads with a priority to learn. He absolutely believes in astrology and is an Aries sun, Sag moon, and Gemini rising. He can be a snob about music and art, and he recently adored yellow jackets. JP, welcome to the show. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. That intro was amazing, just as I remembered writing it. Thank you. You nailed it. (laughs) So I should admit up front that we are friends in real life. In fact, you were my first husband. Is that right? And you were my first wife, my first writer, Di. We go way back, so this is... (laughs) This is a full circle moment, so uh, there's, it's going to be a very spicy episode, so please stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, wait, can you, can you explain how he was your first husband? Because people <laughs> yeah, are going to yes, be like, yes, wait, he's please. your ex-husband? <laughs> <laughs> he, he is absolutely not uh, in any formal way, but in my heart for sure. Um, we played across each other on the fine theater stage during college in pretty much like more than half of the productions, we finally think we were married. We look yeah. really good together. Yeah. Uh, sure. like, I'm like, do I do we go through the whole catalog? Okay, our town. It started there. Uh, <laughs> I'm going back. I was George and you were my wife. And then, maybe, uh, maybe we'll post a bonus feature of a picture of us in the Instagram stories at some point. You know, that's for someone else to research. You know, I lived it. I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> Oh, you don't want us to put it in your our newsletter? Because, you know, we could dig that up, throw that in there. You know, I any news is good news, I feel, these days. So please investigate further. Yeah, I think you'd have to see the wide variety of facial hair he was forced to pull off for college theater. I think that's, that's a good thing. Um, yes. You said in your questionnaire that your on-the-spot TED Talk would be how to teach any kid to read. So give us some pointers. What What are some tricks for teaching kids to read? For me, as a reading teacher, there's just a lot of little things that you can do. And uh, for me, is understanding the difference between efferent and aesthetic reading. Uh, tell my students, uh, as you approach something, think about, is this something that I'm reading that I have to put effort in? Or is this something that I'm merely reading for pleasure? So that's just my little tidbit for the day. So I teach English as a second language. It's really just a passion of mine to uh, help students find their way to communicate with the world, whether that be through language, through art. I could keep going on and on about it. So I'm going to save it for my TED Talk. I'm a passionate guy with many interests. Make that money. Save Save it for that TED Talk for sure, the book deal. Yeah, I'll (laughs) Um, I'll take a TEDx even, please. Talk a little bit about BFF and Queer Night. What is it like to build a queer arts community in a smaller Midwestern city? For me, it's a... Kind of like, you know, I think as we just continue to talk more, especially about astrology, you'll see that uh, sometimes things are just in the stars, right? And uh, I think for me, uh, 
finding community is just something that really came natural to me, naturally to me once I just kind of started being myself and I accepted who I was. And I think despite, you know, living in Omaha, Nebraska, I was able to find peers who were just like me. And so uh, Queer Night is really how I started my, I guess you could say a renaissance probably. And I, oh God, I sounded so awful. I went to Creighton with Rachel. Okay, this is how we talk when we're together. But for me, finding community was through Queer Night because, you know, there was a bar called The Sydney and Actually, you know what? Before I give away my whole story, I'm going to actually recommend you read a book about this called Sassy Planet. So Sassy Planet, A Queer Guide to 40 Cities. And I was featured in it uh, for Omaha. So yeah, you can read more about BFF and Queer Night and just uh, this art collective that me and my friends started and a nonprofit that we now are. So we'll have to link to that in our show notes. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? You got to read. Just got to read the appendix. Okay, (laughs) we cited everything because we're good college kids. Okay. I love it. You do so much visual arts, organization, education. So what are you working on right now? What is your what is your current project? Uh, well, whew, funny you ask that because uh, so every, first Friday is uh, uh, the bread and butter of BFF, as we say. So BFF uh, started as Benson First Friday a decade ago, uh, which is our art crawl in um, historic Benson. And uh, Benson First Friday eventually evolved into BFF because that's what everyone called it. And uh, so we've been doing this for 10 years now. And Queer Night kind of was born through that, like ingratiated itself. And that's how I'm able to uh, do the things that I'm doing. And so uh, we're getting ready for First Friday Pride and our 10-year celebration. So we are doing our 10-year history museum and uh, just photo retrospective. So I've been working all day and I'm really excited uh, for everyone to come out to see it. So if you're uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, June 3rd, you should come check it out. JP, we cannot wait to recommend you some books. So over the next two rounds, we're each going to introduce you to some books that we love. So we get points based on how much you like the dates that we set you up on. So you win no matter what with some great recommendations, but one of us is going to win by being this week's best matchmaker. And if we win, we get to play for our favorite indie bookstores. So today I'm going to be playing for Antigone Books in Tucson, Arizona. Elena, who are you playing for? I will be playing for the Montana Book Company in Helena, Montana. And Kristen, who are you playing for? I'll be playing for P&T Knitwear, which is a brand new bookstore in New York. And they're also a podcast studio run by some friendly and familiar faces from the book world. So I'm excited for their launch. Yes, I can't wait for them. That's so exciting. Okay, JP, get ready for your literary meet cute. Okay, Elena, let's hear about his first pick. All right, JP, you said that you are a snob about two things, music and art. I'm zooming in on the art part for this first recommendation. It is a novel, which I know you sometimes have trouble getting into because, as Rachel said, you prioritize reading to learn. But I think this book is propulsive, intelligent, transfixing, and well-written enough to surmount any guilt you may feel about reading fiction over nonfiction. Fake Like Me is a 2019 thriller set in the art world. Our narrator, who is never named, is a self-described nobody painter from Florida who gets a chance to level up her career and get to know the cool kids of the art world after a famous painter dies and she's hired to recreate all of her art. She moves to Pine City, the remote lake community where Carrie Logan lived and worked, and infiltrates her complicated web of relationships in the process. Strap in for some truly luscious writing and shocking twists that are all set in the money-fueled popularity contest of the art world, art scene. 
In addition to the plot, one of the qualities I really admire about the book is Berlin's ability to vividly describe art that doesn't exist and never will outside of the book. But you can see the narrator's gigantic and ambitious paintings and understand the psychology that informs them as well as what they're trying to do. Art becomes intertwined with plot and character. It is really a sumptuous book with a philosophical backbone, and I assure you, you'll feel challenged while reading it and smarter having read it. That is Fake Like Me by Barbara Borland. Okay, so Lena's first round pick is Fake Like Me by Barbara Borland. Okay, Kristen, what is your first round pick? JP, everything from your most recent favorite reads to your go-to karaoke songs exudes big fire sign energy. (laughs) Because you also typically read nonfiction, as Elena mentioned, I wanted to give you a rip-roaring, unsettling thriller that you can finish in a matter of hours, guilt-free. Antoine Wilson's Mouth to Mouth is set entirely in a first-class airport lounge, where the novel's narrator, a down-on-his-luck writer, bumps into Jeff Cook, a man the writer once knew in college but hasn't seen in decades. As the two men wait for their flight, Jeff regales the narrator with a story from his past. It opens on a Los Angeles beach where Jeff encounters a drowning man and saves his life. Haunted by the experience, Jeff becomes obsessed with learning more about the man, an art dealer named Francis, and even begins insinuating himself into Francis's life. What begins as a story of an act of heroism turns ever so slowly into something stranger and more sinister. Why is Jeff Cook telling the narrator his life story? What does he want? And how far will Jeff's obsession with Francis's life go? Mouth to Mouth has major Patricia Highsmith and talented Mr. Ripley vibes, and it's the perfect summer read for someone who who enjoys the thrills and chills of yellow jackets and who can't stand to be bored by fiction. With so much at stake in the story, mouth to mouth is anything but boring. It even has the rare last line that will make you scream. All right. So Kristen's first round pick is Mouth to Mouth by Antoine Wilson. Okay, none of us talked about this ahead of time, but all of us are giving you major thriller energy. I cannot believe it. Still, I'm going to stand by my picks today. We must think you need a, a little shock to your system. So in your questionnaire, you said that you always prioritize reading to learn. And as an educator of high school students, I know you probably read a lot of YA when you do read fiction. You say that you prefer interesting things to happen rather than good things, and that your favorite thing about your best friend is their creativity. I've got a creative YA book rec that hits on social justice issues and is pretty unputdownable. Frida Abike Iamade's book Ace of Spades is like Gossip Girl meets Get Out. For someone who said they adored Yellow Jackets, I knew I had to recommend this book. It focuses on the only two students of color at a prestigious high school, Devin and Shikamata. After they've been elected as prefects of their senior class, the entire school starts getting text messages from someone called Aces with dirt on each of them. This sick prank only twists darker as they strive to graduate to their desired futures. I loved the way the author explores race, privilege, sexuality, and class, all while bringing a plot that had me gasping. You are looking for a summer read that also feels like it could be class prep. Pick up Ace of Spades. Okay, JP, so your first round picks are Elena's pick, Fake Like Me by Barbara Borland, Kristen's pick, Mouth to Mouth by Antoine Wilson, or Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Iamade. All right, JP, talk it out. What would you pick? Okay, I feel like I am actually on a game show and I'm solving the puzzle because there is a winner. There's a clear winner in my mind. For me, right out front, I'll just announce the winner. Okay, the winner of this this week's challenge uh, would be Fake Like Me. That one just like resonated with me immediately. I'm a very uh, intuitive person. I don't read unless I like absolutely have to read if it's something that like sticks out to me. And just really coming into, you know, you asking me the 
the questions, you know, like which books did you actually enjoy? I was just thinking of, uh, you know, Go Home Ricky. You know, I like it because I feel like I'm a part of that cinematic universe. Like uh, he references our gallery in there. And I really, when I heard Fake Like Me, it felt like that continuation of that life, that uh, that universe, say, just really reminded me of like a lot of my own close personal friends, Caitlin Little, I'll name drop, that lives this life that is, you know, uh, stranger than fiction, but is the artist's way. So uh, that to me, like immediately connected. And uh, I really do like the other ones. But even like the more that I talk about that book, the more I'm like, give me the book now. I, I, I Sorry. The other two go home. You were great. But <laughs> uh, we like a decisive guest. It's great. <laughs> the other two go home is like maybe my favorite. <laughs> All right. So at the end of round one, we have a very decisive leader. Elena has 20 points for her suggestion of Fake Like Me by Barbara Borland. And Kristen and I will totally catch up in round two. Welcome back to Blind Date with a Book. We are back to round two for John Paul Granat, where we are setting him up with some fantastic reads. So Elena, how about you kick us off for round two? Alrighty. Okay, JP. So as we spoke about, you're an educator and you say that your on-the-spot TED Talk would be about teaching any kid how to read. While reading the 2016 essay collection, Known and Strange Things by Teju Cole, I kind of felt like I was learning how to read again and how to consider the world in a more erudite, exhilarating way. This book is the work of a true modern Renaissance man. Cole is a photographer, novelist, and cultural critic who grew up in Nigeria and the United States. And you can think of this essay collection as the byproduct of a meandering, curious mind. I actually kind of thought of my dog while I was reading it because she follows her scent. Like whatever is interesting, she walks toward. And Teju Cole is kind of like that. He leads with curiosity and enthusiasm first, taking detours towards books he's read, works of art, photography, far-fung places, politics, and historical happenings. There are over 50 essays in the book, but they run short and they're more like brilliant little musings than conventional essays. The book may inadvertently also grow your TBR list. For example, you may have read Call Me By Your Name by Andre Asman, but have you read Asman's memoir that Cole talks about in the book? Essentially, by reading Known and Strange Things, Cole's approach becomes infectious. You open up your mind and world with essays like this, which offer new ways of reading and new ways of seeing. That is Known and Strange Things by Teju Cole. Okay, so Elena's second round pick was Known and Strange Things by Teju Cole. All right, Chris. Kristen, what is your round two pick? Okay, JP, since you do love nonfiction and you mentioned the essay collection, A Brief History of My Body in your questionnaire, which is so beautiful, I thought I'd recommend an- another essay collection that's just as sharp and wildly smart as Billy Ray Belcourt's. Taja Eisen's Some of My Best Friends examines what she calls lip service, the bait and switch of speech that promises change without ever delivering on it. Eisen is a voice actor in addition to an essayist, and she provides such incisive, fascinatingly nuanced reads of contemporary culture that it's a little hard for me to believe that she's not a full professor somewhere, just famous for her rousing lectures. She's brilliant. She skips nimbly between her days as an adolescent voice actor and a law school dropout, between her love of fiction and her desire to tell the truth. She writes incisively about how the cartoon and animation world was forced to deal with gatekeeping and whiteness, her discovery of writing fiction and contending with what she calls the little white man on her shoulders, coloring how she wrote into whom. With withering exactitude, she also skewers how white feminism shaped the personal essay and interrogates some white girl favorites like Nancy Myers' Some Things Gotta Give and Joan Didion and Nora Ephron. 
She then turns her eye to the political sphere, developing a theory of what it means to demand something from the dominant culture. In each essay, Eisen masterfully manages to find just the right words for cultural phenomena that are really difficult to pin down. That she manages to do this difficult thing with humor and grace and a thrilling intellect makes this collection one I am eager to press on every person I know including you. <laughs> awesome. All right. So Kristen's round two pick is some of my best friends, essays on lip service by Taja Eisen. Okay, John Paul, my second round pick. I know you love a good dance song and you appreciated the wonderful weirdness of Go Home Ricky, which was one of my favorite reads as well this year. I'm going to recommend a book in a genre I don't usually fall in love with, but one that gripped me by the collar and made me listen to the entire audiobook in a single day. It's called Bath House. House is spelled H-A-U-S by P.J. Vernon. It's a Lambda literary nominated novel. Oliver Park is a recovering addict from Indiana who lives with his wealthy, loving partner, Nathan, who's a doctor. They have on paper what looks like a perfect life, but when Nathan goes out of town, Oliver visits a, a gay bathhouse. And after he follows a man into the room, everything goes terribly wrong and Oliver barely escapes with his life. The bruise on his neck and the suspicious charge on his credit card become puzzle pieces that he needs to hide. He's a good liar by practice, but soon his story becomes a runaway train. This book is full of complicated, real characters, incredible escalations and thrills, and an ending I will never forget. You will read Bathhouse in one sitting. I dare you to put this book down. I doubt you could. Okay, JP, I'm going to paste those in the chat. All right, John Paul, your round two picks are Elena's pick, Known and Strange Things by Teju Cole, Kristen's pick, Some of My Best Friends, Essays on Lip Service by Taja Eisen, and my pick, Bathhouse by PJ Vernon. Okay, the second round is more difficult than the last. So I'm going to need to, uh, I'm going to need to think about the second. I'm going to take a sip of my LaCroix. Whew. Okay. Um, no, these are all three very interesting picks that I um I was trying not to Google while listening to. I was like, you know, you know what? Listen to your heart, follow your heart, follow your instincts. I think for some of my best friends, that one really sticks out just because I can connect with that so much. I feel like that's a book that I again need to read. That so I've been reading The Power of Myth. I don't know if anyone reads that. And I'm always just like, oh, uh, every time something comes my way, it's necessary information, right? And so I feel like I have three books that uh, I need to read. So I'm going to read all of them. If there was a way to, you know, pull a Mean Girls and split the plastic, I would, but this is not that type of show. <laughs> Oh, man. But you know what? This is, after all, this is a dating show is what I need to keep in mind. And so using that strategy, I'm going to have to pick Bathhouse. Yes. Because yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, thank you. You know what? You know what? We go back. Rachel knows, right? <laughs> it's so sexy, too. It's good. Yeah. Like, I am not here to learn, people. I'm tired of learning. <laughs> I'm tired of learning. I want someone to do something for me. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. <laughs> yes, thank you. This is, this is, oh, and the, the symbology is there. I'm just not going to get into it right now, but it checks out. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so where that leaves us at the round, uh, end of round two is that Elena and I are tied for 20 points each with our choices. So we are going to have you now open up a window to Google the covers of these books while we describe them to our wonderful listeners at home. And since we are, as you say, a dating show, we are going to describe how beautiful the covers are and you are going to pick the one that you think is hotter. So okay. purely choosing a book by its cover. So Elena, oh I'm going to have you describe your book first since you were the round one winner. Okay, so the cover of Fake Like Me is kind of like, it looks like an Instagram filter, the one where like it mirrors your face because there's a woman and the same woman in 
one case she's looking at the left and another case she's looking at the right and one of her is like tinged orange and the other one is green and I would say it's like playing with identity because the artist Carrie Logan who dies like her identity is being unraveled the whole book and then in the middle it's a pine tree because it's set in a lake surrounded by pines and then it says fake like me in really big script I mean it's yeah it's a cool cover you kind of see how it connects to the book when you read it and I guess it all looks kind of fake like her (laughs) (laughs) and for my my book bathhouse by pj vernon it's a almost stark cover it's got three colors to it the colors are black white and pink so there's a man's um, you can only see him with his neck bared. So he's got his neck bared. You can see kind of the stubble on his chin. You see a little bit up his nose, but not in like a super, super nostrily way. It's not bad. It's very sensual almost like you were kissing up his chest and you come to this this view of him. It's very intimate, very personal, except that there is a graffitied pink X across his throat, which feels extremely threatening. Then over top of that X is the words bathhouse in this sans serif, bold, all caps font. And then underneath, very faintly, you can see a thriller. Like it's like whispered at you, which feels very fitting. So I think it sets the tone of the book really well. It's it's got these key primary colors. It looks like a thriller. And it sets up this tone of sexuality and violence right away. Okay, so JP, just based on the cover, who is hotter? Okay, well, to prepare for the show, I've been watching Legendary. And so just, I'm going to be honest, looking at both of these covers, I don't feel either is doing what I need to really bring me into the book. I have to be very honest. I like, I don't like being told it's a thriller. To me, that like, I would, I want to approach a book like knowing absolutely nothing. I like books, you know, I like my classic like leather bound books with the gold foil. Like if Bathhouse had that, like I would marry it. (laughs) I'm going to have to go with Fake Like Me because I feel... I don't like being told it's a thriller like that. No, no, no. I want a well, divorce. Yeah, <laughs> my... Well, we're not together, Rachel. <laughs> Fake Like Me does say a novel. It does say a novel on it. I don't know if I, that's I, I could like a novel is a novel. Like that is factual. But a thriller, like let me decide for myself, please. You because you don't know. Like, I'm sorry, my experience might like my life experience might be different than yours. Like, I mean, I'm being extra right now. But, uh, Rachel, it's just I'm... your Sagittarius moon acting up. Yes, okay. absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Rachel, I'll say if I was the one in the hot seat, I definitely would have chosen your book cover because I think it's really sexy. So I'm, I'm also a Sagittarius moon. So if that gives you any. <laughs> but you have all that water, those water placements to even you out. That's true. I am, Thank you, Mom. Just, just for all of you non-astrology folks on the pod, I do not care at all about astrology. I am the only sane person on this podcast. <laughs> You're such an Aquarius, Rachel. Absolutely. Oh, yes. You know, she's standing out right now. This her moment. <laughs> All right. So although I will never forgive him, um, Elena was chosen as this week's champion. Congratulations, Elena. And congratulations to our winning bookstore, Montana Book Company and Helena Montana. They'll get linked to in the show notes for today. Yes, Montana. That's that was that's a good sign right there. Montana. <laughs> Shout out, Montana. John Paul, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And I hope you read some of these books. They help you relax this summer. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Well, you can find me at bffomaha.org. That is our nonprofit where we build community through arts engagement. And uh, you can personally find me uh, at on Instagram at LJPG+. You can find me, my artist website is johnthenpaul.com. And uh, yeah, just a 
I'm a, a man of many talents and mysteries. And Rachel, this is amazing. And this is not the end of our journey. I know you will get your revenge on uh, the reunion special. Uh, I'm really, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited you you will also you. find him in plenty of blackmail pictures on our Instagram stories this week. I hope you enjoy. You know, I'm really excited to see what you can do now, Rachel. You got this. You're going you're gonna to come swinging. All right. Elena, where can we find you on the internet, winner? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at, at Elena Wonders. And Kristen, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Paper Alphabet, P-A-P-E-R Alphabet. And you can find me at R.M. McKenney, M-C-K-E-N-N-Y on Twitter and at Rachel Manns McKenney on Instagram. You can find all the books that we talked about today in our show notes and the buy links will all go to the Montana Book Company. Congrats to them. You can also find our show online at blinddatewiththebookpod.com and at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us and tell us all the books that you have fallen in love with recently. Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mance McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mance McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and join the fun. We'll be back in two weeks with a new guest and more books to recommend. Until then, we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.